I'm a little beside myself today. And I'm beside myself because of some of the things I have been reading on social media that I have seen out in the media, on the news, heard through the grapevine, whether it's Simone Biles or Kathy Griffin, and I'll tell you all of what's going on with those two people if you haven't heard, or politics or the COVID vaccine and the Delta variant and what people say to people that they think is okay. It's just shocking to me. And I just thought, I have to talk about this. So let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins. Good morning. Whenever you're listening, good afternoon, good evening. It is morning here in sunny Southern California. And I don't want this show to be sort of wrapped in negativity because some of the things I'm about to share with you guys. But at the same time, it's just like my jaw continues to drop with the things that I've seen publicly or heard or read about public figures, about things that are going on in this country. And it's sad. And I don't know if I'm maybe a little more hypersensitive because my baby is due in just a few short days, which I'm so excited about, of course. But I'm like, I want her to come into a happier, healthier world. And it's funny because I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch repeats of um, All in the Family, which is one of my all-time favorite sitcoms. It was from the 70s, and for those of you who are unfamiliar, it had the character Archie Bunker, and that's where George Jefferson of the Jeffersons got his start, and what scares me is some of you might be like, I don't know who any of these people are, <laughs> but because I have a lot of young listeners. But for those of you who know, I mean, they were genius shows. You can Google them, find episodes and clips on YouTube, All in the Family, such a good show. And they would tackle like serious issues, serious stuff, war, race, um, sexism, just all kinds of things. Even abortion. They talked about abortion in the 70s. Back when like you couldn't, I mean, they really dug into issues that you probably can't even dig into today without people trying to boycott your show. But there was a couple on the show that was the, it was the daughter of the main character, Archie, and her name was Gloria and her son, I mean, her, her husband, which was the son-in-law, um, Mike, but they called him Meathead, right? So Gloria and Meathead were expecting a baby or talking about giving birth. I can't remember which it was. And they were like, we don't want to bring a baby into this world. It's a terrible world with people being hungry and war and all of these terrible things and racism and sexism. And I thought, wow. And again, I'm a kid. I'm, I don't know. Cause I really watched this show when I was a lot younger, like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, all of that. And I thought, why would you think that? Like there's so many good things in the world and you shouldn't worry about that. There's always going to be sad and, you know, unhappy and devastating and difficult things on this planet. But 
there's always beautiful things and joy and happiness and kindness and love and hope. And now here I am going, my God, who are we as people? I got to read to you. I literally was sitting here and I was going to talk about a totally different topic. And I was skimming through my feed on, um, let me see if I can find it. I just lost it on uh, Instagram. And, you know, I think a lot of the times, at least for me, Facebook can be more negative, but Instagram, at least, you know, based on the stuff that I follow, I feel is pretty positive. I follow a lot of like travel blogs and like mommy stuff and friends and family and TV shows that I like or, you know, celebrities that I like or things like that. But I was scrolling through Us Weekly and there's a picture of Kathy Griffin, the comedian. She's that one with the like bright orange hair and she has been known to, and here's the thing about her. I mean, she's been a comedian for decades, right? A known comedian. And I remember I used to watch her specials and they were all of this sort of negative, like make fun of, put down sort of mean spirited jokes and comments about celebrities. And yes, a lot of it was funny, but it was just like extra mean. And I think there's comedians that make jokes about celebrities and you're just like, oh, okay, ha ha ha. Like it's sort of lighthearted or like we all kind of groan and get it and laugh. But her jokes were really biting and cutting. And I remember there was a time when I'm like, I don't want to watch her specials anymore because she had regular specials. And then she kind of disappeared. I mean, at least from my world. And then when Trump was, I think, running or newly elected, she did this thing where she had like a Trump head. Remember, do you guys remember this? And it looked like it had been beheaded and it was bloody and she was holding it by the hair. And it was obviously an art project that some artists had made. And even the photographer had said to her, are you sure you want to take a picture of this? And she's holding it up. And I can't remember if she even had a knife, but she's holding a beheaded version of the former President Donald Trump, bloodied and gross. And the internet, the media people went nuts. They went crazy. She got death threats. She was on the no fly zone because you cannot threaten the president not, not no fly zone, no fly list. You cannot threaten the president of the United States in any way where the CIA and the Secret Service and everybody, I don't know if it's CIA, the Secret Service finds out, they take that crap seriously. And she was like, it was just making a statement, poli political statement, free speech. But even people who didn't like Trump were like, you've gone too far. And so she I mean, people were canceling her gigs. She was losing money. It was a mess. And then more recently, I heard a few things about her where she kind of came back out and she's kind of like, oh, you know, see, I was right about Trump, whatever. And that was all I'd heard about her. Well, now, according to Us Weekly, it says comedian Kathy Griffin just, re uh, just revealed she has cancer and that she's going into surgery to have her left lung removed. She details her scary diagnosis and what's coming up, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, your left lung. Like, I assumed it was breast cancer. Like, usually you just read it and you're just like, oh, she probably has breast cancer in the middle, middle of the sentence. And then I'm like, left lung removed? 
holy crap. And then I was wondering, is she a smoker? Like, that is horrifying. And I wanted to read the comments because I was curious as to what people say or said. And I'm not even going to just skim through and pick. Let me read these comments to you in the order they are posted here. Shannon Shenong 37 says, don't agree with her politically, but wish her the best. Cancer sucks. And I was like, well, that's good because I don't care for her. And I think she's mean spirited. And I think she's a very hurt person deep down at her core, because there's a saying that says hurt people hurt people. You know what I mean? Like people who have been hurt tend to hurt others intentionally, unintentionally, or both. And I believe that. But I wouldn't wish anyone to have to have a lung removed. And I even had to ask myself, okay, let's see, put your money where your mouth is, Jody. The person you despise the most and think you think is the most dangerous to this country, Donald Trump. What, how would you feel if it came out in the news that he was having to deal with cancer and get a lung removed. I wouldn't feel sad, but I wouldn't go on social media posting what I'm about to read to you about what people have posted about Kathy Griffin. I don't even think I would say those things. I would just be like, look, I think he's a terrible human being, but I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I just, I don't know. I, I sincerely am not someone who would be giddy that Donald Trump, again, you guys, if you listen, you know what I think about that man and how dangerous he is. But to despise someone so much that you say things like, um, now she only has half a lung capacity to spew the hate. Oof. Um, I thought she died years ago karma with laughing smiley faces. Um, let's see. Karma again, spelled with a C. Karma, one more time. Um, hand clapping applause. Um, let's see. What else? There's a good one here. Sorry to hear this news. Good luck, Kathy. Folks will be praying for you. Thanks for the years of laughs. So at least there's some nicer ones in here. And then somebody says, why would you pray for someone who openly does not believe in God and mocks him? LOL, good luck, hell is forever. Now to me, that's not what Christians are supposed to do. A good Christian, and I don't even claim to be a good Christian, but my understanding is that you want people to come to God, that when people don't have the Holy Spirit, that they are not saved, they want to save them. A good Christian is like, come to the light, get away from the darkness. We are sorry you're suffering, but maybe now you can find God. Now more than ever, turn to God. Not good luck in hell. I mean, wow. Somebody else puts, Trump will visit. I'm just like, whoa. Um, Let's see. What are some of the others? Hope she gets well soon. That's good. Um, somebody else says, it's a piece of her lung, not the whole lung, and she never smoked, which is interesting. I don't know who this person is, but I was curious about that too. 
But so many of these comments, and a lot of them I will say are like prayers, get well, a crying face, wishing her the best. Um, didn't everyone cancel her in 2016? She is a roach. She will survive. Oof. Hate to say it, but karma, it sucks. But God don't like ugly. Just, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand the vitriol and the hate speech that people spew on social media because they won't do it to your face. I mean, I can imagine that they won't. And I know that's true even from being on Big Brother and being friends with people who were on Big Brother for an entire season and you know much longer than I was. And they tell me about the things that people post about them, but in person, no one comes up to them and says, you know, you suck, you were ugly, you were fat, I'm glad you lost. They will say that on social media, but in person, people don't say that. So why is it okay to do that on social media? Why? And so not just Kathy Griffin, this whole thing with Simone Biles, the Olympic gymnast who is like echelons above other gymnasts. She does things that other gymnasts physically cannot do at all. And she goes to the Olympics and then she proceeds to drop out of event after event after event and says that she's dealing with some mental health issues. Now, my first thought was, oh, well, I hope she's okay. While that's disappointing, I'm not her. I haven't walked in her shoes. I haven't balanced beamed in her shoes. What's going on? And I saw a little piece of her press conference and she was like, yeah, I was shaking and I just knew I had to protect my own mental health. And to be honest with you, honest, like I'm going to be completely honest here and it'd be easier not to say this. I don't know that I believed her. I didn't get the sense that somebody is like struggling and dealing with e immense anxiety or depression or some kind of severe mental health issue. I don't know if I believed her, but... It doesn't matter if I believe her. She is herself. She is a person. She is a person who is allowed to be flawed. She's a 22, three, I don't even know how old she is, year old young woman who her whole life has been about gymnastics and the pressure that she has had to deal with in that sport is something that most of us will never know. She was touched inappropriately. I don't know if she calls it molested by that disgusting doctor. I believe she was one of those girls. So she's been through a lot. She's had issues. Something happened with her parents. That's why she was raised by her grandparents. I believe they were like 60 something when they began raising her. So she hasn't had an easy life. And all of us know that when you get pressured in life, things are difficult. You have a pressure with your job, your relationship, your job and your relationship, your friendships, physical ailments, your health, whatever. It seems to me that being a gymnast at the Olympics is all of that because it's her physical health. If she is so stressed or has so much anxiety, she can't do these tricks where she's flying feet in the air and she is, they're so dangerous. She could hurt herself end up paralyzed, come down on her head and break her neck 
or back or any other bone or, you know, twist something. It's really dangerous what she does. And your head has to be in the game so that you don't hurt yourself or someone else or both of you. So not only is it her mental health, it's her physical health, it's her job, it's her relationships with her coach, with the public, with her teammates. All of that is a lot of pressure. And I think, yes, in a perfect world, she would have been able to understand this pressure before the Olympics and go, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm going to back out and not apologize you know, audition or try out, whatever they call it, try out for the Olympic team so someone else can have my spot. I'm going to stay home and kind of deal with what's going on with me in a perfect world. But I don't know about you. I don't live in a perfect world. I wish I did. So she did what she had to do. And let's just say it's just regular fear. Not even like needs a doctor to prescribe it, needs some social help, uh, psychological help. Maybe she's just fearful. It's the Olympics. That's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I read something else online that was this article and it said, how far do we need to push these people so that they can win? so they can bring home the gold, right? We don't care a damn thing about them before they go to the Olympics. Most of these girls we never even heard of. Unless you're like a devout follower of gymnastics, you don't know anything about what they do, what they don't do, what they have to go through until it's right before the Olympics. And then during the Olympics, we learn all about them and their life. And it's this beautiful package on NBC where it's like Simone Biles and you hear the music, the piano music, doo, 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 had a difficult childhood. But then she found gymnastics and she started to blossom. And that was when she was six. And then here we are. And you're like, oh, and your heartstrings are tugged at. And isn't that beautiful? And you're like, USA, USA. Her race doesn't even matter. It's America. And then she brings home the gold. And then she goes to another Olympics and you expect her to bring home the gold again. To what end? Deal with whatever pressures and go in there and break your back. We don't care. Just as long as you try for the gold. What about that other person who missed out on their chance because of you? I think she's earned her spot. I think she's earned the right. She's earned the right to be there. And she's also earned the right to say, I can't do this. And as a matter of fact, I think yesterday she came out and said she's actually going to compete in balance beam. And I think those same people who are like quitter, loser, you know, you're lazy, you're a spoiled brat. Hello, Fox News, Laura Ingram, spoiled brat. Wait, this is the same country that talks about we need to be sure to focus on mental illness. The same channel, Fox News, that says no gun regulation, just focus on mental health. But then when someone says, I have mental health, health issues, you're a spoiled brat. How is anybody supposed to even consider getting help with mental health issues. Because when you do, when you do speak out and you say, I have problems, I have issues, the country turns against your ass. And this is an Olympic champion. 
the upper echelon, the top of the top, the tippy top, the cream, the creme de la creme. You and I are just regular folks. Those high school kids that just shoot up their high schools are regular people. You'll be goddamned if you should deal with mental health. Because if we can't support somebody who's already brought home the gold and has been better than anyone in history at something, think about that. Better than anyone on this planet at one thing. And you want to call her a spoiled brat and a quitter. Go ahead. Talk out of two sides of your mouth. Mental health, mental health, no gun regulations, no gun control, mental health. We need to really focus on the mental health. Hi, I'm Simone Biles. I have mental health issues. Brat. Hi, I'm, what's that tennis player I talked about a couple of podcasts ago? Um, can't remember her name right off the bat. I'll remember it in a second. Hi, I have mental health issues. Brat. Quitter. Loser. Out for the money. Liar. Who are we as a society that we value USA, USA, bring home the gold more than we value someone saying that they have a mental health issue? Because what does she have to gain from quitting? Nothing except her sanity and her stability. Somebody I heard, oh God, these stupid conspiracy theories. Well, maybe Russia paid her off so that they could win this or that. And as far as I know, and I really haven't been able to get into the Olympics this year, USA still pulled it off. So that didn't work. There's always a conspiracy theory. Sometimes, what is that saying? The most likely solution or explanation is probably the actual truth. I know I'm butchering that, but that's basically what it is. She has nothing to gain. She has everything to lose. Money, support, everything. Friends. Thankfully, millions of people are sticking by her. And her friends and teammates, at least publicly, are sticking by her, as far as I know. It's just, it's just disgusting to me. It really is. Naomi Osaka. That's her name, the tennis player. I couldn't think of her name. I don't know. I just, I just see the vitriol that was turned against Simone Biles when she pulled out of her events. And the funny thing is, like I said, before the Olympics, most of us don't even know these people exist. And then after the Olympics, other than seeing them, seeing them on the Wheaties box or on the late night talk shows, we go back to not giving a damn about them. So for two weeks, that's all you care about. And so you think you have the right to judge her and say who she is or isn't, that she is or isn't a quitter. It's gross to me. It's just gross. <sighs> Another thing I saw, I guess this happened about three years ago, 
I don't know what state it was in. It might have been somewhere around Ohio. And this father had a, a mental break, mental breakdown of sorts. And he had a baby, his, his child, I don't know, it was young, an infant, I don't know the age. And the dad just lost it. And he went and he threw his baby in a lake. And he was so out of his mind that he basically went directly to the police station and said he just drowned his baby and threw her in the lake. And of course, you know, they take him and they say, show us where. And the police, they go and they, they rescue this baby and they fish her out. Somehow she had, he, I don't even know if it was he or she, but we'll call her she, she had floated up to the top and survived somehow. And I believe the baby was fine. But as they pulled the baby out of the water, the police chief who was standing there with the father who had been handcuffed is so upset that he starts punching this guy in the face and it gets found out and the police chief is removed. And again, the baby survived and this guy, the dad went to jail, went to prison and, you know, had very obvious mental health issues. And I saw these videos of the, the local town. I think it was Missouri. Yes, I believe it was Missouri. Maybe it was. I'm not sure about that. I don't want to mess that up. But the local, it's a smallish town. And all these people were putting up signs like, support our police chief. We back our police chief. We love our police chief. And they thought it was wrong. They're like, look, it was very difficult for him to see this baby, you know, had been thrown in the lake and she could have died. And, you know, everybody adrenaline and it must have been really difficult and I'm just like are you I almost said the f word I try to stay clean as much as possible because certain countries will not play your podcast if you swear oh but um so I'm like are you freaking kidding me I get it we can all lose our temper sometimes we can all be upset or riled up or something but when you are the police chief, you don't get that right to just beat a suspect for no reason. I mean, yes, the reason was that he tried to drown the baby, and that's horrible. But you don't just get to do that. We don't allow that. That's not justice. We have a justice system. There's no free-for-all. And I get saying, you know, look, I, I, this police chief... I hope that he's never done anything else like this. And I could almost understand if somebody was like, look, make him take a leave of absence for eight months and get some help or something and maybe see if he could be reinstated. I don't know. But even that, it's like, well, hey, if this is the police chief's way of thinking, what happens if his under officers, I don't even know if that's a term under officers, but the officers under him do something? Is he going to go, well, you know, I mean, I did something like that. Let's just let that slide. Oh, you kicked a guy in the balls. Oh, you know, you were upset. These things happen. You know, you, you were stressed out. The adrenaline was going. Uh, it's all right. Just don't do that again. Or even still, if the other officers are like, well, gee, if the police chief can do it, so can I. Like the idea of people being leaders, it's just that. You are a leader. You are held to a higher standard. To whom much is given, much is expected. You are the leader. You are the example as the police chief. And so it makes sense that he was removed from office to me. I think I could almost 
almost see that if it had been a different kind of officer and if let's just say he, you know, a regular police officer, and if he had a clean, spotless record, no history of violence, so it's not, you know, an ongoing thing, I could see taking him off and say, look, you have to go through some counseling and some anger management and not just like a week or two, but like nine months. And then if you can, you can come back on probation for 90 days, whatever. That I could almost, almost understand. But the police chief, I'm sorry, you got to go. But all these townspeople were just like, it's terrible. It's despicable. Why should our police chief be removed? Yeah, you say that until it's your son or your daughter that's getting punched in the face. And where do we draw the line? Okay, well, let's see. We go back to Rodney King. For those of you who remember Rodney King in Simi Valley, there was this terrible police chase in the late 90s, I believe it was. And this guy was on drugs, Rodney King, and he was escaping from the police. And I mean, it went on for I don't know how long. They were chasing, chasing, chasing on the highways of, you know, Los Angeles. And finally, they pulled him over and they pulled him out of the car or he got out of the car. I can't remember which got down on the ground and they beat him to a pulp. And there was video of it. And they were like, look, we had our adrenaline going. We were so angry. He risked all these people's lives on the highway. He risked our lives and he didn't stop. We were angry and they got off scot-free white officers, black guy. I can understand being so pissed and having your adrenaline going in a way that I probably can't understand. I think about when I'm on the road and somebody, you know, cuts me off. I'm angry, right? If I feel like my life was at risk, that's a small thing. But hours of chasing a suspect who is not complying, I get it. It's difficult in a way that I probably can't even get. But we don't get to beat people because we can't handle our emotions. We just don't. And if you do that, you get removed. That's just how it works. Because those people make the good cops look bad. And I am, call me crazy, one of those people that believes that there are millions and millions of good officers, men and women out there just trying to serve and protect. And they would never do that. And they don't get any acknowledgement. They're just out there doing their job. But if they did something like that, they would be and should be removed, but yet this police chief shouldn't be. I just, I don't get it. Just watching those people in the town just say, oh, no, 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 it was wrong. We get that what he did was wrong, but, you know, we support Simone Biles, but she's a spoiled brat, but, but she shouldn't have this and but she shouldn't have that. And if I were her and I, we don't know what it's like to walk in these people's shoes. I just, I don't understand the vitriol that is coming out of people's mouths. I just heard a, uh, uh, like a clip from the news from Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is a senator out of California. I apologize that we have sent him to you. I am not the reason why. But he was at a fundraiser, you know, raising money for his, I don't know, campaign or something that's coming up next year or whatever. And he, he said, I want to take that gavel from Nancy Pelosi. It's going to be hard for me not to hit her with it. I'm like, wait a minute. You're a 
freaking politician. Again, we duly elect you. You are held to a higher standard and you are joking about beating an elderly woman with a gavel. And everyone's so quick to his defense to say, but he was just kidding. When you're in politics, you don't get to joke about that, about your fellow politicians, especially when the same woman had her life at risk on January 6th, just a few months ago, which he thinks was no big deal, just a few months ago. She's an old lady. You can despise Nancy Pelosi as much as I despise Donald Trump. But if we don't set the standard of what we say, then who will? We, meaning politicians, I'm not a politician. I should say if they don't set the standard. The crap rolls downhill. And so if it starts at the top, it's just going to roll down that hill. Kevin McCarthy needs to be above that. You can talk about how you don't agree with Nancy Pelosi's politics, her procedures, her ideas, her, her, the way she is the speaker, the, the number one most powerful woman in the world. You can say, I don't think she should have that job. She should retire. She's doing a terrible job. I don't like this, 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 and this. But don't joke about beating an old lady. It's disrespectful. The same as you don't ever hear me talking about Donald Trump and his orange skin or his hair or, you know, anything like that because it doesn't serve me or anybody. Because to me, Donald Trump isn't a joke. He's dangerous. Very different. Very, very different. What we say matters. What we do matters more. Remember that thing when you were a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That isn't actually true. I remember um, when I was like a freshman in high school, this kid pulled the chair out from under me and I sat on the floor. Do you remember how like that was a thing? I don't know if it was, it wasn't like a big thing, but like it was a thing in high school and you'd be humiliated. I remember it hurt and I fell on my butt and luckily there was only like a couple other kids in the class like that because it was before class and he thought it was hilarious and I remember it hurt but I don't remember the specifics but I'll tell you I remember lots of things that boys said about me when they made fun of me in junior high and high school and elementary school the physical stuff comes and goes it was the words that hurt Remember if your parents are ever disappointed in you and they give you that look and they say, I love you, but I don't like you right now. Oh, it was like a knife to your heart. Or if they were truly disappointed in something that you did or said, that hurt way more than the spankings. The spankings, yes, yeah, spankings. I don't know if you were spanked. I was spanked as a child. Yeah, that hurt. But the words that my dad said that were cruel at times, that I will never forget. Or things that different kids said at the playground. Those things hurt. So this sticks and stones bullcrap is just that. But when you're a politician, 
you're in a place of power. You're in an elevated place. Do better, Kevin McCarthy. The same is true for any Democrat that wants to make fun of Donald Trump. It doesn't serve us. Talk about his politics and his procedures. But to make fun of his hair and his skin or his belly or his weight or what he eats. <laughs> I had to laugh at that, but it doesn't serve you. Like being physically violent to Donald Trump doesn't serve this country. Just like when he had COVID. I wasn't wishing him dead when he had COVID. I was like, whatever happens, happens. He brought it on himself. He could have avoided that disease virus, most likely. I just think we need to get back to being human. I want to take a quick break. And when I come back, I want to close off this topic and share one other thing. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Big Time Small Talk. I want to take a moment if you haven't pressed the subscribe or clicked subscribe yet, press the button, click subscribe, whatever it is, please do so. If you're a new listener, thank you. I don't know how you found the show, if it was from a post or someone shared it with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep listening. I have 70 plus episodes for you to choose from, for you to binge listen to. Check it out. It's August, right? It's the summertime. Great summertime listening. I have funny ones, serious ones, thoughtful ones, moving, time-sensitive things that have happened, all kinds of things. So we cover a lot of topics here, and I think you will, you will always find an episode that you will enjoy. So please click subscribe and write a review. I haven't gotten a new review, I believe, last time I checked, I think it was like a week ago, since March. So if anybody out there is listening, please go on to Apple Podcast and write a written review. That makes all the difference in the world. You can click those five stars. If you don't have time to write the written review, that literally takes a second, less than a second. It's like one-tenth of a second. Boop, five stars. Because I think I'm at 4.9 stars. I'd like to get back up to five. And that would only take two or three of you just clicking five stars, maybe even one of you, you know, to just raise my average. And then just write a few sentences. You can do voice to text if you don't feel like typing. Share what you like about the show and why somebody else might want to check it out and listen. It makes a huge difference. If you want to leave a voicemail for the show, you can go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app, search for my show, and just click the button that says leave a voice message. Or if you want to support the show financially, same thing anchor.fm or anchor app and just click uh, support this show once you find my show and you can do that 99 cents a month 499 a month or 999 a month thank you to everyone who has subscribed and is supporting the show that way i really really appreciate it i you know i do this because i love it but this is something i really want to continue to grow um, you can also support the show or leave a voicemail through the, the link in the show notes. 
Just pick any episode of your choice, scroll down in the show notes, and at the bottom of the show notes, it says support this show or leave a voice message. You click the link and you can just record it right there. You don't even have to make a phone call or anything. If you want to um, write me in a different way, you can write me at bigtimesmalltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jody's Box, J-O-D-I-S-B-O-X, or Instagram where I am the most active at Jody Rollins. There's also a Big Time Small Talk Instagram. I post things on there as well, but the, my strongest following is on my personal page, so I post a lot more stuff there. And we're going to pause for the male person. Okay, I say male person because sometimes it's a, a woman and sometimes it's a man. So my dog barks every single time. Anyway, so um, where was I? Yeah, so you can just write me. I think I said that part. And Oh, Instagram. So yeah, Instagram, just my name, Jody Rollins. And I do a lot on my Instagram stories on Jody Rollins. I don't do as much on the big time small talk page, but I definitely still post there if you want to follow both. Um, what else? I think that's the nitty gritty. Yeah, just if you could, please share the show with just one or two friends or something because I'm trying to grow it. It has been growing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've been gaining in listeners and that's been awesome. And um, as I mentioned in I think that the episode before last, I've been really excited because the listenership in different countries has continued to grow, which has just been awesome. I think it's some 24 countries, which is exciting. The most recent being Greece. So thank you guys. Thank you. If you're a new listener, thank you. If you are old faithful and you've been listening and thank you for anyone in between. I really love doing this. This is my passion, sharing ideas and connecting. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, I think that when I, I look at these things on social media or things you hear on, in the press, I try to remember like what I said earlier in this episode, that hurt people hurt people. Like the Laura Ingrams of the world and the Sean Hannity's. Like how can you be happy with yourself deep down, like really at your core, if you're going to pick on a 22-year-old girl, if you're going to pick on these people? I mean, they have international following and how they choose to use their power is to make fun of people. That's no different than the high school bully. Why? And I, I know people will say things like, well, everybody just needs to toughen up and just like get over it. But why should we? Why do we have to toughen up and get over it? Why can't these people who think it's perfectly wonderful to make fun of people why can't they button their lip? Why can't they soften up? Why is, why is it the, the perception is that the person who is sensitive is too sensitive? Why isn't it that they are being insensitive? I get it. In life, we have to be able to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, right? That we have to be strong enough to go out in the world and handle things. And I get it that the idea is that, oh, well, if somebody's rich and famous, this is what they signed up for. But did they really? Did they really, do you really think Simone Biles, when she was a three, four, five, however year old she was, when she's like, I love gymnastics. When I grow up someday, I hope people pick on me and make fun of me and call me a spoiled brat. She just found something she loved and she was good at and then continued to be great at 
and then exceptional. That's what she signed up for. And yes, if you think that because someone gets money and their face on a Wheaties box and all of these accolades that they deserve this, then I feel sorry for you. To me, that's just jealousy. Sure, I wish my bank account looked like what I believe Simone Biles' bank account probably looks like. But I don't think that just because you make a lot of money means you get what you get and that's it. Yes, you're going to get paparazzi and yes, you're going to get press and yes, you're going to get unwanted attention and I think that sort of goes with it. But the nastiness, I just think that we can do better. The Kevin McCarthy's of the world can do better. And again, I'm sure there are Democrats that do similar things. It's not a Republican or Democrat thing. It's a human thing. We're human, all of us. Some of us more sensitive than others. And I don't really even expect the Kevin McCarthy's of the world to change, I don't. But what I do hope is that we all continue to outnumber them, the people who just spew hate and vitriol. When a, a mean comic gets part of her lung taken out. Where's the humanity in that? Yes, she is wrong when she's a hateful comedian. But what, an eye for an eye? I guess somebody might say, oh, it's biblical. I never read the Bible. I've heard that that's actually sort of taken out of context. So, again, I think the important thing is to remember that in my belief, and I always will love this quote from Anne Frank, or Anne Frank as, as it was pronounced, you know, from the Netherlands where she was locked away for over two years in an attic, avoiding the Nazis until she was taken to her death. In her diary, she said, quote, I still believe that people are good at heart. I hope I'm not messing that up. I do. I still believe the, the majority of people are good at heart. You know, when I see these people who are afraid to get the COVID vaccine, I remind myself, I'm like, people are afraid. They are afraid. Conspiracy theories, let's not even get into that. But it's really comes down, it really comes down to your value system. You either value, let's be safe and not catch this, or let's have a full life and not be hidden behind a mask. Because that's what my friend who doesn't want and won't get the vaccine has said. I want my kids to be ma mask free and to have a childhood. And I don't know what's in that vaccine. So I'm not going to risk it. And here we are dealing with the Delta variant. And people are like, well, you can still get the vaccine anyway. I mean, see, you can still get the virus anyway, even if you get the vaccine. Right. But when they've looked at the studies, it's like 0.003 or something percent of the people who are getting this Delta variant are getting COVID who are vaccinated. It's like, oh, it's 98, over 98% of the people who are in hospital right now did not get the vaccine. And the majority of them are like, I wish I had gotten it. They're dying. 
And we're seeing it's affecting young children now and teenagers. I get it, people are afraid. But we have to remember this is a group effort. We all have to get the vaccine. And if you don't want to get it, that's your choice, whatever. But it affects all of us. And I almost, I almost, and I said this before, I think, but I seriously feel like if you go into the hospital and you have COVID, they should say, were you vaccinated? No, step to the left. Were you vaccinated? Yes, step to the right. Because the person who steps to the right who was vaccinated tried not to get this. The person who was like, well, I, I don't feel like it. I don't care. The government hates me. No way. That isn't fair to somebody else like me who risked getting the vaccine for not just myself, but for the greater good. And I was not one of those people like my husband. My husband was like a little uncomfortable, slightly feverish for about four or five hours, went to sleep, woke up, felt 100% the next day, maybe 98% the next day. Next day after that, he forgot he even had it. He was fine. Arm soreness, that was it. Me, my arm was very sore and I was sick for five days. It was like I had the flu. It was awful. And now they're saying I have to get a booster shot, perhaps. But if it means that less people die of this disease and that we can, at least since we can't eradicate it, maybe cut it down, then I'll do it. I'll be sick again. Supposedly, if I get this next shot, if they do require that you do that, you will be less sick, I hope. And I don't want this to be a whole thing about, you know, people feeling guilty. It's just an observation, right? Stories and observations beyond small talk. We need to start thinking of others more. Think about the hospital workers. My friend who is a nurse at a hospital, she's like, Jody, we went from like having plenty of beds to being full again. It doesn't just affect you. Because when you get sick or when your kid gets sick, you're not going to give a damn about conspiracy theories. And oh, I thought that the government and oh, and Bill Gates has a chip and a mic. You want to be healthy. The vaccine's been given all over the world, and yet people still say it was because they wanted Trump out of office. Maybe I could kind of think about that if it was just in the United States. It's a worldwide, thus the term pandemic. I just think it matters what we say and what we do, and we can all do better, me included. I don't know. But I think it is important to remember, because I want to end this show on the positive, that there are good people that there are good doctors. I consider myself to be a good person. I remember my stepson. I love him to death. He has all these fun factoids. He'll be like, did you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. I love it, love it, love it. He's 15. And he told me that the average person doesn't think that they're average. <laughs> think about that. The average person thinks they are above average. No one thinks they're average. I mean, maybe some people do. Like, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm average looking or whatever. But they, in general don't think they're average. And the average person is probably just a regular person just trying to live their lives. But I think more of us are good than there are bad. More of us will do the right thing, help a stranger, say kind things, not go on social media and say nasty things. It just sucks because social media 
invites them, invites the nasty, cruel, vitriol spewing people. And sometimes it seems like they outnumber those people. But overall, I still believe that people are good at heart. And I still believe that my baby, (laughs) which is always a weird thing to be able to say for me, is going to be born into a world where good hopefully will prevail over evil and will continue to do so forever. So... Anyway, a little closing message. Um, So the baby's due soon. And I'm not saying the date because I don't know why. I've I've already said the date, but I'm just like, it feels like I'm jinxing it because if I keep saying it, I'm like, what if she goes into labor early? I'm like, we have everything planned and all the, everything that's supposed to happen. So it's soon and um, very soon. So this may be my last episode until I'm um, a mommy. I may be able to squeeze one more in a little bit later in the week, but I am still going to try to record. You know, I don't know how exhausted I will be. I might take a hiatus. If I do, I will at least record a message for you guys letting you know, hey, I'm taking a hiatus of a couple weeks while she's in at least early, early newborn phases to really just soak up every moment of her and soak up every moment of sleep. But uh, we'll see. So I'm really excited. I had a beautiful shower, baby shower over the weekend, and all my friends and family made me feel so special. It's almost, it almost made me feel guilty because I'm getting Christmas and my birthday and Thanksgiving, and I won the lottery all in one day. That's what it feels like with this baby coming. And then people want to celebrate that you're happy and that this baby is coming. So it's like so much love and joy and happiness, and babies make people happy. So it was really, really special because I always wondered if I would even have a baby shower. And it had been so many years of the whole process. And if you haven't listened to those, the three episodes of my adoption journey, please go back and listen. And I I love sharing the story. And I think it's an important story for anybody who's dealt with fertility issues or has considered adoption or just wants to know what I've gone through. Um, But I used to dream about like, what would my baby shower be like? And would it, will it ever happen? And it happened. And I just, I mean, my friend Misty just hooked me up. She made a beautiful cake and the decorations and the gifts I've received. If any of you are my friends out there listening, and to be honest, most of my friends don't listen and that's okay. <laughs> they're, they're just, it, it, and it, actually, believe it or not, I like that better because it just feels weird when they do. I think a couple do, but um, if you happen to be listening, Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you, listeners. Some listeners have sent things, sent gifts. I'm like, wow, I did not expect that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been a really glorious, joyful, special time. I, of course, have anxiety like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to have a baby. This is crazy. But then other times I, like, wake up in the night and I just, like, bust out in smiles with giddiness because I have wanted to be a mom my entire life, like every little girl, like most little girls, not every. And it's happening. (laughs) I'm so excited. And my hubby is excited, even though he already has five amazing children. And we're going to do this. So I'll definitely uh, be baby fevered and sharing a lot of baby stuff as we move forward. So if you know anybody pregnant or wanting a baby or has a baby, tell them to tune in because I got lots of stuff to talk about. I don't even know what yet. 
we'll have to see what happens. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all of the support. If I don't talk to you before I'm a mommy, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to Big Time Small Talk and for taking this journey with me. And uh, we'll see what's next. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it.